the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon to you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to SoCal Live, hour number two on a great Friday afternoon here in Southern California. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former first baseman for the Pirates. Did you know that? Uh, it's kind of an April Fool's. It's it's true. I was on the uh, Pirates when I was 13 and 14 years old at the Palmdale Pony League uh, back in the day. I was the first baseman. We had a good time uh, back then. Welcome to Southern California Live. We're on from 3 to 5 each and every weekday, and I want to encourage you to put that on your calendar. Tell your Alexa or your Siri or whomever it is that you talk to digitally and to remind you, hey, tune into this program. We bring you to the table for some encouragement, some fun, and some great conversation. Sometimes we just have some fun. Lots of times we have conversation and insight to the issues of the day from a Christian perspective, and that's what we want to do. On Fridays, we typically do Open Line Friday. We'll get to that a little bit later this hour. But as we begin, um, I have a guest with us today. This week on Monday, the Blue Ribbon Commission on Homelessness in Los Angeles uh, presented a report about homelessness in L.A. that we talked about this a bit yesterday that did not paint a very good picture and really requested a lot of urgency to act and urgency to do something more. And one of the greatest experts of homelessness in Los Angeles is Andy Bales, and Andy is going to join us right now on the program. He is the CEO of the Union Rescue Mission right here in Los Angeles. He's been there for over 35 years, and uh, he, uh, Andy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Can I Andy's, call you Pastor Scott or call you Scott? You can call me uh, whatever you'd like. Scott, Pastor Scott, either one is fine. All right. Um, it's really, really great to have you on the program, uh, Andy, and thank you for what you do over at the Rescue Mission. Uh, I've been involved at the Rescue Mission in San Diego quite a bit, and um, I know you do some amazing, amazing work, um, and so does everybody else who... Go ahead. I've heard great things about you, Scott. Uh, well, it's great to meet you, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, we talked about this Blue Ribbon Commission uh, report that came out, and uh, we thought that you might have some insight on that, and in particular the urgency that uh, it said we really need to act. Um, d- did you participate in their research? Uh, did the rescue mission, uh, was the rescue mission part of that? Yes, I, I was interviewed about it. I have a close working relationship with Catherine Barger, who nominated me and appointed me to uh, the LASA Commission, the Los Angeles Homeless Services Commission, which is in, involved in the discussion. And uh, this is this is really an answer to prayer, and I've been pleading for a FEMA-like uh, response to a true crisis of epic proportions. And so uh, this this was good news to me. Um, I, I applaud the executive staff at LASA and the commissioners that are alongside of me. They've welcomed me, uh, but for, for a long time, and though I've been trying to cry out about it, uh, the current way we manage has been hamstrung, uh, by themselves. They, they've, mm-hmm. 
they've hamstrung themselves with a harm reduction model where alcohol and drugs are required to freely flow. In fact, if you take government money right now in L.A. County or L.A. City or you take federal funding, you have to promise not to intervene in anyone's alcohol and drug use. And I'm talking hard drugs. That's right. one of the problems. The yes. other problem is uh, they they take an approach of housing first along with the harm reduction model, and that involves up to a million dollar per unit uh Uh, apartments being built that take up to four years. And then when you do get that million dollar apartment built, you have to allow alcohol and drugs to freely flow, which creates chaos inside. And so hopefully this is a move away from that. And it's a move toward recovery and it's a move toward immediate shelter and care rather than waiting four years for something to develop. I didn't know that, that uh, you, you can't even get government money unless you're saying that unless you participate in, in a harm reduction approach. Harm reduction is a philosophy that basically accepts the idea that licit and illicit drug use is going to be part of the world, and therefore we just kind of want to minimize it, but we're not going to try to uh, condemn people or, or, or shame people or say that it's wrong or have a moral approach uh, to this. And that's what's leading us yeah. to some of the programs where we just basically hand them the drugs or give them access that we call a safe, but we're not asking them to stop. Is that correct? A good way of looking at that's it? That's correct. You, you've got it down. And if you will, will look up a recent CBS news story about what occurred at a harm reduction site in L.A. where gangs were free to come and go, where the door was propped open, where people were in fear for their life. That's the ultimate result. And the people who pass these policies, they don't spend any time on the streets and understand uh, when you have harm reduction policy and you are are allowing uh, uh, gangs to come and go, they will actually move into someone's apartment, take it over. Or if somebody owes them a debt, they'll send a six foot six, 400 pound guy to collect who breaks your legs. Mm. that whoever passed this policy has never spent any time on the streets of Skid Row. It's a shocking uh, policy, really. Like, I think, you know, it's hard to even understand where it comes from. And we're seeing that in a lot of our big cities here in uh, the United States. It's a disaster in San Francisco, and it's it's a disaster here in Los Angeles. Um, And would you say that the uh, the commission, did their report – their report, it made a few points that I thought were really good. One of them was that there's really no leadership on what to do for homelessness in, in Los Angeles. And yeah, that's the other great, great part of it. They, they've asked for a czar of homelessness-like position, an executive, a county executive reporting only to the county uh, supervisors to really take charge. And we invited New York a few years ago. Uh, to come and tell us how they do what they do, because they have more people homeless than we do. They have 100,000, but they only have 4% left on the street. So out of 100,000, they have 4,000 on the street. Out of 86,000, we have 70,000, or more like 72% on the streets. And they came and they said, you guys just operate uh, too democratically. You need to knock down the door, do whatever it takes kind of leader to address homelessness, and and we've been saying that for a long time, uh, but that's the other good possibility that comes from this report. Yeah, would you say that the report is pointing us in in a good direction? Then, 
it's a, it's a definitely a better direction. And then yeah. today there was added good news that federal judge David Carter finally forced everybody to the table, and the city finally uh, decided to settle a case uh, that I've also been in the middle of, and they they now are going to build seventeen thousand either beds or housing for seventeen thousand people devastated by homelessness in the city. Uh, but the only problem is they couldn't get the county to uh, settle. They, the uh-huh. county's still fighting fighting it in court. So so even though the Blue Ribbon Commission, and my hopes is these two things will come together and our city and our county will all agree to work together because it's going to take every resource our city and our county and businesses have and our churches and civic leaders have to address this uh, past the tipping point problem of homelessness in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's going to get worse and worse, and it affects everybody. So everybody needs to become uh, aware and a part of this. Uh, and Andy, tell us about the uh, the rescue mission and uh, your approach, and, and what can our listeners do to help? So we are uh, the oldest rescue mission in Los Angeles. We are the largest, have been historically the largest until we were impacted by COVID, but uh, Union Rescue Mission is 131 years old. Uh, we're the only rescue mission that welcomes single men, single women, moms with kids, dads with kids, two-parent families with kids. We never turn away someone who comes to our door. Um, we we do our best. Uh, like the other night, we were full, but we had a uh, grandma. I got a call from Laura Diaz, in, a news reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she saw a grandma, mom, and a daughter. Uh, get removed from an encampment. And uh, she called me, and we immediately put them in a hotel near the Angeles House, which is our satellite that's going to open April 14th for uh, 86 families in South L.A. So we, because of COVID, we have decided on a strategy of creating satellites. And we had long ago decided on a strategy of decentralizing Skid Row and regionalizing services throughout L.A. County. So we have Union Rescue Mission downtown. We have Hope Gardens Family Center in Silmar for moms and kids and senior ladies. And we're opening up Angeles House in South L.A. And we're working now with a uh, camp and and, uh, conference center. And our guys just had their first uh, retreat ever out at the conference center. But uh, someday we hope to be Union Rescue Mission downtown, north, south, east, and west and do just the opposite of what our city and mm. county have done, which is corral and contain people on Skid Row. Uh, we yes. want to end Skid Row as we know it and and get services. So South L.A. was intentional. We we went to South L.A., 132nd and Avalon. I'd love it if you'd come to our grand opening on April 14th. But we went there because most of our families were coming from South L.A. We wanted to go where people are let them stay connected with their churches and with their communities and their schools instead of having them come to the most dangerous uh, neighborhood Mm. in the entire United States. Skid Row is the absolute, according to Forbes magazine, most dangerous neighborhood in all of the United States. Numbers two, three in the top 10 are adjacent to Skid Row. No kidding. Right here. Well, that's exciting news about what you're doing. And I think it's relevant that what you're doing is the opposite of the county approach. Do you feel like there's a movement to change that approach? There's so much pressure 
to you know political correctness and philosophical differences that clearly isn't working. Is that tide turning? Yes, that tide is turning. Never been more evident than this this week. Uh, one yeah. of our board members said, "This is a this is a revolution." Viva Paul Revere because um, there's a movement back to recovery. There's an mm-hmm. undeniable movement back to recovery away from harm reduction. And there's a movement away from the very expensive units to uh, more affordable, innovative, immediate solutions like mobile homes, container homes, uh, 3D printed concrete homes, tiny homes, but I think more in the range of 300 square feet rather than the current 64 square feet. I don't think that's big enough to be uh, uh, responsible housing, but, but there is a movement toward more practical approach and and it's the only thing that's going to save our city is a much more practical approach and a recovery movement i'm I'm with a group that tried to launch a recovery movement and it's gaining traction because i i'm telling you uh scott there there are four and a half people who die every day in la county from complications of homelessness Mm -hmm. and most of those deaths are coming from overdose yes uh, because mix of fentanyl and meth and fentanyl Fentanyl is the reason why we have so many encampments in West Coast City. Uh, city. Sam Quinones wrote to The Least of Us, and he described that something happens in their mind. I, I even was listening to, to it on, on the way home, where they begin to have a fetish for bicycle parts and flashlights. And yeah. if you go by an encampment, you'll see tons of bicycles and bicycle parts. And it, it's caused by the fentanyl um, overwhelming fentanyl epidemic yeah this is southern california live my guest is andy bales he's the ceo of the union rescue mission uh, andy uh, my understanding is this correct that the the fentanyl and uh, other drugs it has just chemically become something worse like meth much worse than it used to be is that something that you've seen over uh, the last several years yeah and it all comes from uh, the cartel yeah. hiring a genius uh, they called him the brain, and he they wanted him to come up with a synthetic, affordable heroin, and his coming up with that has has destroyed communities ar- yes. around our country and created this uh, dilemma we're in. I think uh, that I just saw yesterday that uh, the the capture of fentanyl by by border patrol and others is up 4,650%. So that's why I wow. call this the epidemic of fentanyl. Uh, yep. There were 48 people died in January in the Tenderloin. This one neighborhood in San Francisco, 50 in, 50 in February. Uh, this is, I mean, people are losing their kids. Uh, fentanyl is getting mixed with everything. In fact, a young lady who was a mom, 23-year-old mom of a one-year-old baby, she was outside my office. She came by to buy cocaine but there she instead got cocaine mixed with fentanyl and she died right outside my office and people yes. mourned there for for weeks this is a this is a crisis it's a huge crisis so for our listeners who are are saying uh, i'm awakening to how bad this is and that something needs to be done what would you say is the first step for people listening right now to to helping you and helping the rescue mission or contributing to ministering to people for recovery in Los Angeles. Yes, thank you for bringing me back to that. We believe in recovery at Union Rescue Mission. We yeah. also believe in life transformation through the power of 
Jesus Christ. That's why we don't we don't not only get any federal money or government money, uh, we don't want any because yeah. we we never want to lose our focus on recovery, and we never want to lose our faith. Which is, I mean, Jesus is the reason why we have any power to transform lives. And just to give you evidence of that, 25% of our staff are former guests who've gotten their life together, overcome addiction, gotten connected back to their families, and are, are living a good life, a strong life. And that's the secret. It's not to get off drugs. It's to not only get off drugs, but get reconnected with family and with a support group and with a community. So we believe and we're, we're attempting to do, we believe in creating recovery communities where people can be restored. When we have a men's graduation, everybody gives credit to the other men who are peers uh, working at the same thing as their solution. Yeah. When the moms at Hope Gardens graduate, they say it's the other moms that gave me strength. So we're creating loving, caring communities. And, and when we can, we, we connect people with loving families. Uh, but yes. that's that's the important part, and we need your support. We don't take any government money, so we need private support. And you can do that by going to urm.org, unionrescuemission.org, uh, and uh, we, we appreciate We couldn't do anything. We could not open a $55 million new building in Angelo's house with all, without private support, and yeah. that's going to We're only 500000 short of raising... Uh, 55 million for that project and uh, we have a match for that 500,000 so so we're we're okay. going to be able to do it. You know, I think that you when you said earlier that you can't it's good that you're not getting federal money so you can talk about recovery. I'm surprised and sad that if you were taking federal money you can't have a mission right now of recovery. Is that correct? That's correct. You Yeah, so you you can't even mention as you said you can't even say, "Hey, how about you attend an AA meeting with me tonight?" Yeah. That that brings too much uh, embarrassment and judgment and shame. So you mm-hmm. you have to promise not to intervene, even if you're building a family apartment. You have to allow alcohol and drugs to freely flow. Yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. That's the that's the devil. That's what I think. Uh, it makes no sense. I think people should know that makes no sense, and yet that's the policy. Uh, that's the spiritual battle that uh, is going on here. And also because when they come to the rescue mission, they get to hear about Jesus, and that's how they have hope. You talked about the graduations. Everybody, if you're listening, if you ever have a chance to go to one of these graduations, it's fantastic. It's inspiring. You see the great work, the the result of a lot of hard work, both on the part of the person graduating, but also everybody at the rescue mission. Uh, thank you for doing that, Um I really, uh, it's it's just a great thing, Andy, that you're doing. Thank you, Scott. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, if you want a taste of what the mission does, we have a, a TV special April 16th, right after we open up uh, Angela's house. We have a TV special on CBS April 16th from 6.30 to 8 p.m., where you'll see about six of those stories of people transforming their lives. And it's a star-studded uh, event with Joel McHale as the MC and, and others singing, Kelly Clarks and others. But the stars of the show, the real heroes, are our own guests who, who mm-hmm. had their lives transformed. So I'd love it if somebody would uh, take time to watch that. Yeah, everybody write that down right now. April uh, 6th, is that the date? Or April, uh, what 16th. date was that? 
April 16th to Saturday night, uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. on CBS, and you can watch it worldwide on cbsn.com. All right. Everybody write that down, April 16th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. I promise you, if uh, this kind of news and this kind of story just discourages you and you're, you're wondering where to go, watch this. It will be an encouragement. And I want to encourage you to visit the United Rescue Mission website, urm.org, and uh, check it out. Maybe God is calling on you right now to uh, serve or to give and to participate. And, you know, I thought about it. I thought that report says uh, we don't have leadership. You know what? The church can be that leadership because we're pointing people to Christ. Well, let's do that. That's not good. Andy, thank you. So- Andy, thank you so much for joining me today on SoCal Live. I look sp- forward to speaking with you again very soon. Me too. Thank you, Scott. All right. God bless you. Uh, that was Andy Bales from the United Rescue Mission. Um, what a great ministry, great ministry, or United uh, Union Union Rescue Mission, I'm sorry, Union Rescue Mission, URM.org. I uh, am so encouraged by that. I didn't realize that, uh, I realized that the Rescue Mission doesn't take federal funds, but I didn't realize that if you did, you can't teach recovery at all. That is how backwards and upside down, and you want to know why it keeps getting worse? That's it. It doesn't work. Uh, it is philosophies that are foolish, that... Um, even if you think it's worth a try, the evidence says it doesn't work. So good what they're doing over there. Thank you, Andy, for joining me. This is SoCal Live, the Friday edition. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. SoCal Live, Scott Furrow with you today on this fine Friday. Hope that you are enjoying your day. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything that's on your mind. If you've got a question about the Bible, about current events, we want to respond to anything that we're talking about, you can join our conversation, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email into the show at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And uh, if we get that before the show's over, we'll include that in the conversation. We, at the top of the hour in the impact segment, we were talking about homelessness and um, gosh, it is a significant thing how backwards we have gotten this in the state. And I I think uh, Andy Bales was our guest from the Union uh, Rescue Mission. Um, I think maybe we are on on a place where the tide is turning on these questions. I really think so. I think with all of the crazy stuff that's going on in the world today and the upside down philosophies that don't make a lot of sense. I think maybe I'm hope I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm not naive to, to think that, you know, things are just suddenly going to turn around for no reason, but I think it's possible that we could have uh, a big change right here, even in California in the thinking simply because at some point, don't we have to say we've had enough at some point? I feel like most people, 80%, kind of agree. We may not agree on every little thing, but I bet we agree on a whole lot, a whole lot more than it seems like in our our world that seems so divided. I think we're not as divided as it seems. I really do. And I think that the more of us who speak truth, the more of us who speak out and say, hey, we got to have recovery for homeless people, not not something that just um, empowers people to keep going with the drugs and empowers the gangs and empowers uh, people to just maintain their addictions. That doesn't make any sense. 
uh, doesn't make any sense at all. 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. We keep talking about this subject or anything if you want to change the conversation. Let's go to it's Open Line Friday, so anything on your mind, feel free to call. Mike in San Diego, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Mike. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they should uh, stop uh, uh, enabling these homeless people to uh, keep living on the streets. I work with them on a daily basis uh, in healthcare, and, you know, unfortunately the churches and these uh, homeless shelters are enabling the people to live there, so we need to eliminate that. What do we need to eliminate? The, you know, the... the homeless shelters and the, you know, the missions and stuff. Uh, you know, we need to do it biblically. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat, it says in the Bible. And there's ways to fix this. I mean, the, the problem is the government doesn't want to fix it. You're right. I mean, everybody well, knows a simple solution mm-hmm. to fix it is don't allow homelessness, provide some yeah. work camps, training, the drug-addicted people need help, the mental illness people need help. You know that I mean, with the... Gotta, uh... Go ahead, um, you know, Mike. With the, the mission, the, the missions problem, though, the they have a lot of they have a lot of rules about that. So I don't know if you do you work with the uh, the rescue mission in San Diego. You have to. I agree. You have to change the law. You have to open up. You have to have uh, ability to have conservatorships easier. You have to, uh, you know, let. You can't let these people. The, right now, what they do is they decide, oh, you're doing math, you're going crazy, you're having all these problems. But hey, he's not ready to quit, so let's just keep yeah. giving him money, an EBT card, and yeah, all that. That's what the uh, stuff they get. That's what the. Medical. Can you believe that? That, that's what the harm. So that's that's what the harm. Leaving California soon because of this crap. That's yeah. So go ahead. Thank, they don't want Mike. to solve the problem. Hold on, Mike. Hey, thank you for your call, and I understand the frustration. That's what the harm reduction philosophy is that he's talking about, and I want to. I want to make something really clear. The the churches and people, if you're supporting the the Christian rescue missions in L.A. and San Diego, the Union Rescue Mission, he's Mike's from San Diego, uh, San Diego Rescue Mission, they're doing a great work, and there's a lot of rules. You know, the rules if you don't eat, you don't work, those kinds of things. You still have to help people, but you can create a system that really helps people to work. And what do you do if somebody has gotten themselves so messed up on drugs or other things that they need help before they can work? Uh, you need to find a way to help them. The hardest part, I think, is that some people just don't know how to accept the help or they have too much pride to accept the help. But there, there are rules in the in the missions that we're talking about, and the reason that they're successful is because uh, people are encouraged to work and they serve and they have you know curfews and other things. And in, in these ministries that we're talking about, you are not allowed to have the drugs and alcohol. It's out. You can't do it. They will help you. And what Mike was talking about is that the harm reduction principles that are in all of our cities, it is a principle that basically says, you know what, people are going to do it anyway, so let's help them. And uh, and let's not be judgmental. Let's not be uh, in any way try to steer people in another way toward recovery. And this has been the philosophy that has taken over in the uh, homeless programs that so many of our, our cities work with. And that's why it's failing, because this doesn't work. It doesn't lead to recovery, and it just brings more people from out of state to come here because free drugs. Um, it It is the – because they get paid in uh, San Francisco, they they get paid uh, a few hundred bucks a week. Um, and if you live in another town where you're not getting paid, I can go to some other town and be homeless, do my drugs, not have any responsibility or accountability. I guess I'll go there. And that seems to make perfect sense to me, but uh, that doesn't seem to make sense uh, to – uh, a lot of the people that um, 
that make these decisions. And by the way, if I can just say it, this is a reason why you need to vote if you don't vote, okay? These decisions, uh, they're not implemented because of some college professor who's never been to Skid Row who comes up with these notions that they're teaching all the kids, all right? That person is empowered because they're empowered by the people we vote for to think that way and to teach that kind of stuff. Like these things need to come out in the way we hold our leaders accountable, and that we and we need to pay attention to local leaders. So much attention has turned to the president of the United States. And you know, that's a big deal, but whoever the president is, R's and D's, Trump, Biden, whoever it is, they have little to do with this. You know who it is? It's the county board of supervisors, it's the people on our city councils, it is our local state government. We have to pay attention and they're not doing a good job. These failures are and the philosophies that are allowed to bloom that clearly do not work. Uh, there is a there is a politic there. So as you vote or even as you just go, go speak up at a meeting. Be a part of things. Be be engaged. Don't be mean and nasty. Don't be rude. Don't wear nasty t-shirts and don't go to the city council and cuss them out. That makes you look like the fool. That empowers this other side right? You have to be the wise one. Let the fools be fools and be seen for it. Um, but be loving and compassionate. Um, and that's, you know, that's a really great thing about the, the rescue missions and the union rescue mission is genuinely compassionate. Cause I'll tell you what, it's decidedly uncompassionate to let somebody be, um, just wallow in their, their drug abuse. You know, as we were hearing the, the fentanyl just kill you. There are things that you take at one time, and if you don't die, you're instantly addicted, and getting off of it is difficult, and it's uh, it's a very, very hard ministry. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Dion in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Dion. Thanks for calling. Yes, uh, I just wanted to echo the sentiments of Andy Bales. I've known him for almost 20 years. Uh, I've worked to try to help, try to create an environment where the people can actually benefit from their services there. And I disagree with a previous caller who said it's the shelters that's the problem. They're not. I used to believe that as a young police officer working down there, Mm -hmm. that it was the shelters that was the issue. That is not true. The shelters actually help people. What the shelters need is city resources to create an environment conducive to change so that the influence of these service providers can be stronger than that of a criminal element that righteously and truly and in the most horrific ways prey on the homeless. It is ridiculous to uh, for society to believe that people can change their life when you're uh, reducing laws and taking away penalties from drug dealers who prey on these individuals and sell drugs outside of whole low-income supportive housing units, and that's what Andy was talking about with harm reduction, and he's right. I'm literally dealing with people who are getting kicked out of their hotel rooms where they're supposed to rehabilitate because they owe drug debt to drug dealers and are getting threatened every day. People who live on the sidewalk in tents, uh, they have to pay taxes to the local gang members or agree to sell drugs. Two-thirds of the individuals we see on the streets, and this is just a fact, okay? It's not demonize the homeless. I care about the homeless, uh, but I have to tell the truth if I want to save them. Two-thirds of them struggle with some sort of mental illness or drug addiction, okay? Right. There's only a, a fraction of the individuals who, if they lose their housing or their apartment or house today, 
the first thing they'll do, they're going to do is they're not going to go uh, set up a cardboard condo on, in one of the most dangerous places in the United States of America. That's false. What right. they're going to do is they're going to go beat down the doors of a shelter and places like Andy Bales, they're needed. And of course, they do need to be decentralized, but they need to be supported. And if uh, our legislature is serious, they need to pass legislation to put more teeth in the laws to keep drug dealers away from these programs so they can actually help people at a greater clique. That's such and an that's excellent point. that's what I wanted point. to say. Yeah, yeah, people need to stop demonizing the shelters. I was wrong. I used to do it, too. No, they need support, and they need the, the city leadership to wake up and really support these efforts to help them help people. And I think that's what I was getting at, Dion, uh, that why we, it's a, there's a political solution here, that we got to be paying attention to our local leaders. The shelters are going to do what they're allowed to do, what they're instructed to do, what the philosophy of it is uh, is guided there. And this is why the rescue mission is so great, because they don't have to follow that. And that's why there's success there. Uh, Dion, are you still with me? Are you still in law enforcement? Yes, I am. I can't say what department I work yeah. for, but I'm still in law enforcement, still caring for the homeless community. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, thank you for, uh, for what you're doing and for bringing this up about the drug dealers. Um, definitely important and a whole other side that this is a, a business of abuse that drug dealers are doing. And, you know, the uh, thank you, Dion, for calling. The impact on all of us, we have law enforcement who are in these places where they are there to try to get the drug dealers to be out of business, to be convicted, to be out of, off of our streets. And then we have a homeless policy of harm reduction that gives them business, that allows them to effectively stay open if you want to look at it that way. It doesn't make any sense. These are some issues that all have to get tackled. Homelessness, poverty, they're, they're complicated, they're complex, but it's not hard to unravel and figure it out. You've got to believe in some things. You've got to believe in sin. You have to believe that people need to actually change. You've got to believe in recovery. You've got to have compassion. Uh, Dion, I think, makes a great point. You, we just can't be blaming the homeless all the time. They are they have to be responsible for their actions and all of that. But getting out of homelessness once you're there is super, super difficult. And the the pressures, the, the crime, the criminal element, there are so many things there. Uh, thank you for your call, Dion. This is SoCal Live, 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to call in, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back with the Friday edition of SoCal Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live on a Friday afternoon, a wonderful afternoon, springtime, California. Hope that you've got some good things to do this weekend. Maybe you're working this weekend. A lot of us are doing that. But maybe you get some time with your family. I hope that whatever you're doing, it involves worshiping with some other believers, going to church. If you haven't been to church for a while, this is a great weekend to go back and to realize that, you know, together we actually can do some things. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount by calling regular people like you and me the light of the world. People who are gathered to hear that sermon, to hear Jesus talk, he encourages them. He says, you are the light of the world and a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This hour, we have had a lot of conversation and we've heard from some lights, haven't we? You know, Andy Bales, he was a he was a point of light by uh, President Bush. Remember the first President Bush's his thing was volunteerism. That was something that he believed in. 
And uh, he gave a speech once, and he said, I look out on this nation, and I see a 1,000 points of light. And they eventually started the Points of Light Foundation. And uh, the idea was to point out people who are doing great things in their communities, regular people. Andy Bales is one of those people who got that award. And uh, you might not get that award from that foundation, but you are called to be the light of the world. And, and you know, we need light, don't we? There's some light shining in the darkness right now as we have this conversation about homelessness and some other things going on. Uh, and that's good. We need to make sure that light doesn't go out. That's one of the things to think about. If you're thinking about leaving California, and we all think about it, gas prices, house prices, prices of, of bacon, prices of whatever it is, you know, it's cheaper elsewhere. But the light all can't leave. Some Some of us need to be called to stay. Some of us need to be called to say, you know what, these problems are, are huge. Um, but we don't want the light to go out. The light needs to be infused into these communities. And thank you, everybody who is who is doing great work in whatever God's calling you to do. So I encourage you to be a part of a church, to realize that the church is not uh, just something to be there for an hour on Sunday, and hopefully the service was good, and I give the uh, music a 3.5 out of uh, five stars, that kind of thing. 888-528-2557 is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Open line Friday, anything that is on your mind, you can call about 888-528-2557. We just have a few minutes left. Uh, something I was thinking about is, as it's April Fool's Day, the way the Sermon on the Mount ends after Jesus talks about a whole lot of topics in there, a whole lot of very serious topics about um, how to be a a person who is pursuing Christ, talks about prayer, talks about our relationships with each other, prayer and fasting, treasures in heaven, talks about not worrying, giving, uh, letting God uh, take care of things, talks about serious issues of murder and adultery and divorce, uh, love for enemies, such a great, great thing, um, and something unique to our faith, the idea of loving your enemy. Um, nobody had thought about that before in philosophical or religious circles, not in any any significant way. And then Jesus comes on the scene and uh, says, hey, this is the right way to get things done and to be that light. You've heard it said, love your enemy, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that that you may be children of your Father in heaven. And then he calls us to be wise. It's how he ends the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fail, fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I think that we're seeing some of the philosophies of this time crash because they're built on the sand. They're not built on the truth of what Jesus has to say about the condition of our souls, about uh, the reason to be compassionate, uh, the reason to be truthful, the reason to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, all of those things. And once again, we just see that Jesus is right about everything, isn't he? 888-528-2557. A little bit of time for your calls. Joseph in Fullerton, welcome to Southern California. Thank you. Hey, Joseph, what's Hello. your story? Well, um, my name's Joseph. I, I'm a Southern California, born and raised. I'm 44 years old. Uh, I was 
my mother died. I started drinking and uh, moved out of my home with my wife. And I ended up on the streets. And that cycle lasted for five years. Wow. Five years of severe homelessness in Orange County. And I saw the worst of it with the whole thing in the riverbed. I never pitched a tent. I never made a count. I would just wander and move. Um, but I could honestly tell you this, that I'd say 75% of the people that are homeless in, in, in these situations choose to do so because they want to get high. They don't want to have that responsibility and accountability. And then there's a, a small percentage of people that are really mentally ill. And then, of course, there's the seriously problem of people that are homeless, they got evicted, lost their jobs. But I gave my life to the Lord 10 months ago, okay? I was homeless uh, for five years. Yeah, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I went and you. got some help for my, my substance abuse. And um, I'm sitting, because I got a job, right? I, I don't work. I didn't want to work. Now these people don't want to work. And I know this because I live with them. Yeah. Um, I'm making $16 an hour. I have a brand new car I'm sitting in. I'm living, I got, I'm renting a room in a $3 million home. I got Good for my you. pastors, my boss. Yeah, you know, those are material things, but they're nice because they're important to help you feel right. And, well, and, and, and Jesus, you know, he healed me spiritually. My mind, body, and soul are in harmony now. And my heart really goes out to the people that are stuck in in the homeless um you know, a couple of years ago, 2016, 17, and 18, uh, George, Judge Carter in the Orange County Supreme Court here, they had somewhere about $200 million in mental health funds that they weren't spending. And the mm. whole homeless thing went out of control in the riverbed. And there was hundreds of millions of dollars in the in the slush fund, and nobody yeah. was checking. Lots they of finally problems. started dispersing some of that money. Right. And so... The government isn't helping. You know, they, yeah. they, they're making the problem worse. They're enabling them. Yeah. And in 2018, there was 200 registered sex offenders homeless. Yeah, there's a bunch of, a lot of that going on. Joseph, uh, I'm so glad that you found the Lord, that Jesus is your Savior, that you know that, and that you're not homeless. And you've got a car, you've got a place to live, a room to rent, and uh, there is hope. Um Thank you for that, Joseph, and thank you for calling our our program. We're so happy for you, and uh, we're really glad you're part of our family here. Larry from Irwindale, welcome to Southern California. Yes, Scott. You know, just listening to uh, Joseph, uh, accountability comes with what he's just started. Mm. And with the homeless people, the military, our military, the strongest in the world, we could we could restore all of these people, or I say all most, and the ones we can't, we have to help. Well, and, I think you know, for some people, I, they're I think your screener yeah. about uh, Norton Air Force Base in San Bernardino. Yeah, I think it's almost empty. The city's a blight. If you put the people there, the city would revive because they would supply that base, and that's what they did before. <clears throat> that's what made them who they were. All right, Larry, uh, thank you for your call on that. You know, I think uh, um, there's a lot more that we can do, obviously, out there. Maybe some ideas uh, for that. Thank it's you for your call. Nation. Thank you for your call, Larry. right All right, thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I got some other calls there. We only have a couple of minutes left uh, on our program right now. So um, maybe I'll get your call in just a second, but uh, I think you're still on hold there. So... Let's um, 
let's just talk about this this way as we kind of uh, we kind of wrap it up. And I see all your calls, and I appreciate that. Uh, but we only have about two and a half minutes left. Um, I think that you can think about where you need to be light. Maybe you're thinking today you've been inspired by this. I, I don't want you to lose hope with some of the difficulties of all of this. It seems hopeless. It seems like everything's just a mess in our state, and it is a mess. But things can turn around, and I think that might be happening. I think that there is an encouraging time where people are are being forced, I think, maybe to make a decision about right and wrong about a whole lot of issues. And that's where a lot of things come down to right now is that we don't have the abilities uh, in our, our cultural conversation to say things that are right and wrong. That is the, the primary flaw in the harm reduction uh, deal is that we're not allowed to say, hey, this behavior is wrong or this behavior is something like morally wrong. If you, as soon as you say it's morally wrong, then you're, you're incorporating some kind of higher power. You're incorporating some kind of higher moralness that makes a behavior morally wrong. And as soon as you do that, you've got to have a God discussion. And as soon as you do that, you're going to end up talking about Jesus. And spiritually, that's where the battle is, isn't it? I think we, as the church, when we take a look at a report that says that leadership is needed, that leadership is needed. We've got some great leaders in the church. Andy Bales is one of them who we had on this hour. There are many people working at the Union Rescue Mission and other uh, Christian rescue missions throughout the Southland in our different cities and lots of people from churches um, being involved. If you feel like you have a really good tug, you know, compassion for uh, people who are struggling, maybe you have struggled before and you have recovered and you understand recovery, you understand this. Um, get involved. Maybe you need to give money. Maybe you just need to go down and serve and have conversations with people. You know, our before the shutdown, we were involved in uh, a ministry for kids and moms who are homeless, and it is such a great ministry. Just go to the playground and play with homeless kids, and they'll talk with you, and you pray for them, and you see the recovery happening. You see that there is hope in the midst of despair. There is hope in Christ. There is purpose and direction in Christ. And I think that's something that we can get out of this. Go to church this weekend. If you haven't been to church, find a church that believes that the Bible is true, that Jesus is the Savior, and you're saved by faith. Go to that church, worship God, and be a light wherever God has called you to be. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back with you next week. God bless you. See you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 